0: You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands in the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Michael Shulman, who is the Partner and Chief Investment Officer of Running Point Capital. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Hello, Laurel. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you.
0: I mean, the honor is truly mine, and I think it's such a relevant conversation for Top of the Year. I think you're you're our, our first or second podcast of the year because you have such a pulse on the market and what's currently happening. And I think everyone's kind of questioning what's going on in the world. But before we get into all of that, share with us what Running Point Capital is and does. Uh,
1: So to run point on something is to take charge of it, to be the point person. Hence, our company is called Running Point. We are a multifamily office, or as we say in our tagline, Running Point, it's your family office. So as a multifamily investment office, We take care of everything financial for our families, everything under one roof. So you want effective financial planning for you, your family, or legacy. You care about smart investment advice and handholding for you, your business, or your next generation. You want custom tax and estate planning now and in the future You desire integrated insurance strategies, you want access to or explanations of private equity, private credit, impact investments, female-led investments, venture capital, hedge funds, we provide that. You'd like someone to evaluate the random private investments you are shown by your friends, in-laws, and network of, of friends that ask you for money, we help. You seek accounting services, bill pay, and business management. You want advice on incorporating your new business or prepping your business for an, an eventual sale. You want the complex stuff explained easily for you or your spouse. You'd like someone, you'd like some of the above or all of the above a la carte or full suite. And you don't want a generic or cookie cutter solution, but you still like cookies. That's <laughs> easy.
0: Michael, I've always loved your, your wit. It, you're so funny. Um, for those who are new in the investment world, because we've got a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, a lot of companies that are building. We've had quite a few on here who have had successful exits. But what is a multifamily office?
1: Um, high net worth families and individuals owners of family businesses, entertainment professionals, entrepreneurs, other financial professionals, they come to us to take care of their financial needs. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's really about the management and review of opportunities and making sure that people aren't making stupid decisions, because the truth is we can't be great at everything, right? As a business owner, multi-business owner myself, entrepreneur, you you need someone that you can trust as an advisor to help you make smart business decisions so that you can create Generational wealth, so that you can give back to your communities, do the good uh, work that you want to do with the money that you make,
1: right? Exactly. So, we do the investment management, but we also provide tax accounting and tax planning. We can do your taxes, we can do your bill pay, we can do your insurance, we can not only do your financial plan, but your estate plan and draw up your trusts and your will. And because we do it all under one roof, we are an integrated team, we communicate well with each other. Mm. It's so important.
0: I mean, that, like literally everything that you just said are all the things I have zero desire to do personally. <laughs> like that is not my skill set or my uh, place where I enjoy uh, living. So I'm so glad that there are professionals like you that do that. Give us a little Thank bit you. of history and background and how you came to Running Point Capital because you have a pretty um, storied past, uh, or not storied, I should say pedigreed really is a better word.
1: I appreciate that. Funny, I I bought my first stocks when I was six years old.
0: Stop it. You did not.
1: I had excess Halloween candy as a six-year-old child. I took that candy and sold it on the school bus because I had hour and a half rides on the school bus to and from school. I sold it to other kids, friends, as well as the bus driver's. My mom was okay with that being a little capitalist. She said, as long as you donate 10% of your earnings to charity, I'm okay that you do this. Hmm. And so I did it. It helped pass the time. It was a great hobby. But after earning that much money, I said, "You know, I'd like to put it in a bank. And my mom said, okay, you can put it in a bank or there's something called stocks. You could lose all your money in stocks, but if you pick the right ones and the companies do well, you could make money. I'm like, that sounded good to me. So as a six-year-old, I picked my first stocks and just started doing that as a hobby through elementary and high school. But funny enough, it was only after I graduated UC Berkeley that I realized this thing I've been doing as a hobby, I can make a career out of it. So at the age of 21, I joined a top-notch institutional money management firm in Santa Monica, managing money for Blue Shield of California, Holland American Cruise Lines, pension funds, unions, fire and police funds, teacher funds, and was there seven years, really learned the ropes, equities and fixed income, went to MIT for grad school, did some tech strategy work with uh, startups for a couple years, then did some complex modeling for Deutsche Bank, and for the last 18 years or so, have really focused on managing wealth for high net worth families.
0: Wow, that's just incredible. I actually don't, didn't um, know the MIT piece, but I mean, from Berkeley to MIT to Deutsche Bank, I mean, the brands and the companies and the organizations that you've been a part of are best in class. And that's really aligned with the services that you provide. Um, Now let's take a a, a macro perspective, because that's truly why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. Everyone is thinking what's going to happen in 2023, and I know that you do an outlook each year that gives your unique perspective based on deep analysis that you and your teams do. Can you give us a snapshot of what that 2023 outlook might look like from a macro perspective?
1: Happy to. So last year in January, I wrote our 2022 outlook and it was called 2022 The Terrible Twos. <laughs> and for anyone that's familiar with children, they understand what the terrible yeah. twos were like. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my prediction was correct mm-hmm. and it was a very rough year.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm glad I was correct, but it's kind of unfortunate.
0: Yeah.
1: I am yet to publish our 2023 outlook. You're the first person to hear this. <laughs> I love the inside scoop. <laughs> because I, it hasn't gone to pr- print yet. But I'm really calling 2023 a Tom and Jerry year. And if you know the cartoon Tom and Jerry, things go in one direction until they don't. It's a comedic back and forth rivalry Mm -hmm, between a mm cat named Tom and a mouse named Jerry, the injuries, recoveries, and mayhem that ensues. Oh, shit. That's what (laughs) 2023 will be like. Normally, when you talk to portfolio managers, chief investment officers, people in my position, we talk about volatility of prices, prices bouncing Mm -hmm. up and down. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's going to happen. But what I'm really focused on in 2023 is not so much the individual prices or valuations of the investments that are going to bounce up and down, but it'll be the business, social, economic, and political indicators that are going to bounce up and down. At one moment, we'll think inflation's receding, and then a month later, we'll be shocked and see prices rising. Mm. We'll think there's going to be a political impasse, and then suddenly there'll be a release, and politics will move smoothly for a moment unemployment will be trending down and then it will trend up again and then it will go down and then it will go up again. It's going to be that back and forth rocky road of all these indicators. Hmm. And as in the cartoons, you know, most of these events won't create definitive solutions, but nor right. will they be fatal. Well,
0: hopefully, like the cartoons, they'll bring some, some joy and clarity and some anxiety. It'll be kind of like all oh, the feels is what it sounds like you're saying.
1: Yes, Yes. In the cartoon world, there's something called a hammer space.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. No relation to MC Hammer. Can't touch Correct. this. It's Correct. actually a actual dimension from which objects like hammers, mallets, anvils, anim- animals, cooking appliances. Pianos, you know, yeah, Pianos, exactly. <laughs> magically, instantaneously are produced from. That's hammer space. Items can set up a brief gag or turn the tide of a story. And I see 2023 as being a year where things are going to fall out of hammer space and just shock and surprise, be it unemployment reports, spending patterns, manufacturer surveys, layoffs like Amazon just announced, right. off 19,000 people globally,
0: yeah. things like that. Well, I have to say it's, it's very rare that you find someone with your academia in terms of background that can so eloquently express a vision of a future from an, a, an economic standpoint like this, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show today, Michael. Like, it's such a unique perspective to be able to marry this really, you know, economic metrics, data-driven conversation with the kind of tides of the of the year. And I think you've done it in a really beautiful way. I cannot wait to read that report. Um, before we continue, we're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Michael Schulman, who is the partner and chief investment officer for Running Point Capital. Uh, Before the break, you were giving us this breakdown of your 2023 outlook, which you said is going to be a Tom and Jerry year. I swear only someone like you, Michael, could make that comparative analysis. I love it.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Laurel. You know, I've listened to over a dozen of your podcasts. I've really enjoyed them. I'm going to keep listening to your podcasts. But one of the themes that I hear throughout it is you want to be able to tell a story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. be it about your business or communicating a service. And I'd like to be able to tell a relatable story you know, in my outlooks, in my weekly CIO reports, and make it understandable yeah. so that it's not full of jargon that people can't relate to.
0: Well, you're very successful in doing that. It's so approachable and 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 digestible, as you said, and to the point of storytelling. So now you've given us kind of your projections for twenty twenty three, kind of holistically. What does that storyline then look like in terms of how you are uh, advising your um, your clients? I know you can't give us investment advice, so please, uh, this is caveated with that. But you know, how does that perspective then translate into a narrative for your
1: clients? For practically all of our clients, we develop a financial plan for them when we first meet with them. And over time, we can change or adjust that financial plan as life events occur. New child, passing away of parents, inheritance, sale of a business. But that financial plan is always a roadmap pretend you're driving from Los Angeles to Chicago. You can take highways, you can take scenic routes. If you have a four-by-four truck, maybe you take the off-road route. But either way, whatever path you choose, you want a roadmap. And you want a really good roadmap so that if you reach an impasse or something change or there's a weather event, you know an alternate route. So for everyone, we have a financial plan that helps them get through the ups and downs of the market. You know, a lot of people talk about the up and down in prices as risk. And to me, prices going up and down, it's a lot of noise. What we like to make sure, though, is that there's enough income and cash flow coming from one's portfolio to take care of needs, take care of liabilities, and create comfort. So for 2023, as A little bit in 2022, we still have a huge emphasis on private investments, private credit, real estate investments, investments that might be a little illiquid because they're private, but that generate good cash flow or maybe have nice tax benefits. Mm. For our clients in their liquid portfolios, which are public stocks, public bonds, we seek to create in 2023 more income and more cash flow. From those investments. It may not be the most tax efficient, but it does create a cushion for that Tom and Jerry type volatility or those hammer space surprises. As long as one has enough cash flow, one can feel secure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you mention a a, a roadmap because we actually talk about that quite a lot on our marketing uh, side of the table. So I totally resonate with that as a metaphor, and it is so important. It's not just important to to be able to hedge for against you know winds or you know uh, down power lines or whatever that might look like along that 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 travel path, but it's really about having points of alignment and making sure that you understand how to plot from point A to point B. As much as it is having that cushion, uh, you know, for the unexpected, I believe. I agree. So where, where are you seeing, and this is going to be a very self-serving conversation, uh, okay. where do you see early stage venture laying in this landscape? I've been reading so much about what people are projecting into 2023. I've seen that, uh, and because of what we're building at Fabric, you know, early stage venture seems to be the projected winner for 2023. Are you uh, in agreement with that or do you have a different perspective?
1: Uh, I like early stage venture. Uh, f- for a couple reasons. One great thing about early stage venture versus mid stage or late stage venture capital is the small business tax credits that you get, or tax advantage that you get for investing in an early stage business. Mm-hmm. So if you invest in an early stage business with less than $50 million of assets, hold on to that investment for more than five years, uh, on a sale or realization, there's no capital gains tax. That's a huge benefit. Huge. And I think 2022 has brought valuations down to realistic levels. So venture funds that have a lot of capacity, have a lot of dry powder, have a lot of cash, and are able to start investing now, I think can find new ventures at Reasonable valuations, certainly much more reasonable than a year, year and a half ago.
0: Yeah, As I totally agree with promising
1: that. Promising playfield. I, on the other hand, I do believe venture capital firms are going to be more selective, mm-hmm. and investors are going to be more selective. So, for a company to be picked and invested in, it truly has to shine.
0: I agree with all of that, uh, and obviously, you know, we're building fabric and we're seeing valuations normalize, which means that we're going to be in a much more powerful position to take more equity in the companies we do invest in, but we are being super picky about that, as are our LPs in terms of coming in to invest with fabric. So I think I think that's the exact narrative that we we are seeing as well. Are there any other big outliers that you think are gonna be winners? I mean everyone's obviously super still freaked out about the crypto markets. Real estate's kind of a shit show. Public markets are I don't know. Where are you else are you excited about what's gonna grow and evolve in twenty twenty three?
1: In the private areas, I'm still excited about opportunistic private credit, and I have been for the last several years. These are funds that can provide covenant-heavy loans to good operating businesses. They're just high up in the capital structure, so they provide a lot of security, and they can be opportunistic. So, If there is a downturn in the market, which may happen as we hit the rough roads of a Tom and Jerry year, they can take advantage of it quickly. So Mm. private credit, and we still like real estate. Again, if there's enough cash flow, certain areas need um, to to still be figured out, like office space, real estate office space, still has a lot of issues.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that.
1: You know, brick and mortar retail seems to have come back. It's doing quite well. You know, online shopping is nice and convenient, and I love it but for a lot of people in-store shopping is entertainment and if you do it with family it's family entertainment and people have realized that so that's come back multi-family otherwise known as apartment buildings still a good area just like everything though your returns are going to be price dependent it really depends on your entry price just like with venture capital you know a, a startup may be worth 5 million not 15 million he's, right he's- Go in at the $5 million level, it's worthwhile. You go in at the $15 million level, maybe not.
0: Right. It's all relative is what you're saying. Um, Is there any areas that you are a hard no against? Or again, is everything kind of fluid at this point for you?
1: Everything's fluid uh, based on price. I'd say we have talked a lot about crypto. We've become very smart about crypto over the last couple of years and Web3. On the other hand, we've not advised or recommended any direct investments in it, mm, okay. and that's sometimes the case. So, you know, I get smart about private equity, I get smart about venture capital, real estate, um, hedge funds, and sometimes we'll make direct recommendations to our clients in that. And other times, things like crypto, we get very smart about it, but we've not actually crossed the bridge where we can say we believe we should, you know, a client should invest in this crypto fund.
0: I mean that's smart. I mean your reputation at the end of the day is everything in a position like this. And if you recommend, like God forbid, you recommended it prior to this huge, you know, crypto winter that we've had the the FTX issues. I mean that would be so devastating.
1: Yes, you know we haven't left it for dead. We're still observing it. Right. So if we do okay. see something come up, you know we'll try to jump on it.
0: Uh, I totally agree with that. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hi guys, me again, and we wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award-winning agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full-service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all, from event management to content creation, branding, web design, social media, you name it, we got you. We're a small and scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. All right, chatting with my friend Michael Shulman, who's the Partner and Chief Investment Officer of Running Point Capital. Um, So I have to ask this question, and I don't know if you truly know the answer, but I know you have a perspective on this. Are we in a recession or not?
1: We are not in a recession. Um, I'm not using the word yet. (laughs) I'll just say we're not in a recession Most of my peers, analysts, pundits are saying there will be a recession in 2023. Part of me is a contrarian investor. When everyone says something's going to happen, often it doesn't. Um, I see the possibility of recession. I'm not in denial here, but I see strong possibilities that we don't fall into recession in 2023. Unemployment is still at multi-decades low of about three and a half percent. And that's with uh, 400,000 people just entering the labor force in the last month. Um, So unemployment's low. Wages are still rising. Companies are still making profits, maybe less profits, but they're still profitable. The economy is still growing. So I think the U.S. could avoid a recession. The Fed is tightening. Yes, they're raising interest rates. Yes, they're selling treasuries, which is, you know hurting liquidity in the market. But on the other hand, the government, the administration is still spending and is still very stimulative to the economy. Other countries around the world, parts of Europe go into recession, yes. Parts of Asia going into recession, quite probably. You know, in The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, says a third of the global economy will enter recession in 2023. I think that number is probably not inaccurate. Um, but the U.S. actually could avoid a recession this year. There's enough powerful forces, enough money. There's still one and a half trillion of household pandemic savings, excess savings that are yet to be spent. Um, there's enough to fuel growth in the U.S. Well,
0: that's that's nice to hear it. I think the other side, you know, for, for people that are saying that a, a, a Recession or a, a, is is kind of imminent is that it's going to be a really shallow one? So that's the other opportunity or the other possibility, I should say, that people are saying that like maybe maybe we do, maybe we don't. If we do, maybe it's a lot more shallow and narrow, shorter than it typically would be otherwise.
1: Right, that's a possibility too.
0: Yeah, um, amazing. Uh, what questions have I not asked that are really important to understand about the macro environmental? state of, of the, of our nation. Um, cause you are so obviously far more steeped in this world than I am. Did I ask all the questions that a, that a generalist, uh, you know, or an investor would be interested in, in this environment that we can do in a 30 minute window?
1: <laughs> uh, I believe so. And just every person, every family's different, right? Right. You know, As I said earlier, we like cookies, but we don't like cookie cutter solutions. And so we really try to tailor, um, portfolios and planning and strategy for each family. And some will say, hey, you know, this is all nice and I really care about impact. Or this is really, really nice and I'd like to see some female-led investment. Mm-hmm. You know, or this is really nice, you know, the private investments sound interesting. Can mm-hmm. we do more? Can we do less maybe? Right. You know, yeah. Or I, I like what you, you've structured Running point capital advisors. Nonetheless, I'd like to see more income. I would like we can do that. So yeah, it's ultimately it's moving
0: and pulling different levers or or opening different spigots and letting different areas of investment flow or or re- restrain them based on need.
1: Yes, well, we want people to focus on their large priorities and goals in life. You know, it's the everyday challenges that affect most people. I think Muhammad Ali had a quote it isn't the mountain ahead that wears you down. It's the pebble in your shoe. And mm. we try to alleviate short-term and long-term obstacles so that our families can focus on what matters, their business, their children, their parents, their charities, so forth.
0: Yeah. Michael, I mean, you're, it's so weird to say, but you're you're so poetic for someone in finance. It's like it always, I'm always remarking on uh, on your perspective, which I personally find so unique. And so genuine and also a little entertaining. I love it. Um, how can people get in touch with you if you want to reach out? Uh,
1: you can visit our website, runningpointcapital.com. You can follow my blog, arbitrage.medium.com. That's R B T R A G E. medium.com. You can reach out via LinkedIn at R B T R A G E, arbitrage. Or you can even reach me by email direct, michael at runningpointcapital.com.
0: Awesome. In the last few minutes we have left, uh, as you know, having listened to many of our podcasts, I like to shift and focus on you as an individual and bring that human element, which actually you're always really, really uh, great at, Michael. So here's the quick fire questions. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First question is, what is the one thing you could not have lived without during the pandemic?
1: Amazon Alexa. It was my go to for podcasts, music around the world, news, and recipe hints.
0: Mm. Um, I'm going to have a new question for you. What's the best skill set you learned during the pandemic?
1: I was always a good cook,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I think my cooking probably improved during the pandemic. That's and I made three to four meals a day. <laughs> I tend wow. to eat a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, do you, I forget, do you drink or you don't drink, Michael?
1: Not much of a drinker. Um, you know, I know you tend to ask what's a favorite cocktail. And
0: yeah, <laughs> what's your go to vice? Or how about that? We'll switch it to what's your favorite evening vice?
1: Oh, evening vice. Um, vegan chocolate chip cookies and vegan chocolate cake.
0: Mm, okay, I'm here for and that.
1: And vegan, it, you know, being a chocolate chip cookie or a chocolate cake, it's probably not the healthiest. So that's really my vice. <laughs> Um, and my favorite drink might be coffee with cayenne pepper, either iced or Oh,
0: oh, interesting. Uh, I've never heard that one before. I might have to try it. Um, It adds a kick. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I've done the, uh, that, that crazy cleanse where you do the lemon juice, cayenne pepper and honey. Uh, that's wild, but I've never heard how to hurt it in coffee. I bet that kickstarts the system real quick in the morning. (laughs) Um, yeah, you've obviously already been very successful in the work that you've done, but if you could wave a magic wand and predict anything for running point, what would that look like?
1: If I could predict anything, I'd say the same path we're on, which is one of measured growth. Mm. We really we seek to grow our capabilities ahead of our needs rather than vice versa. Much of our growth has been through word of mouth recommendations from clients and peers in the industry, which is the greatest compliment and measure of confidence.
0: Love that. Uh, and last but certainly not least, what is your favorite word and why? This could be something that's had meaning to you over time, or something that uh, just pops in your head for this conversation.
1: For decades now, favorite word: inconceivable. I love, <laughs> I love the novel and movie, The Princess Bride.
0: Yes, and the
1: oh. irony that comes with this word. Um it also reminds me of Muhammad Ali's quote regarding the word impossible and if i just replace impossible with inconceivable it's inconceivable is just a word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in the world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it inconceivable is not a fact it's an opinion inconceivable is potential inconceivable is temporary inconceivable is nothing
0: i mean it gave, me, it gave me chills, Michael. I always enjoy our conversations. You just bring such a joy and a light and such an interesting perspective to what could be a very dry universe. So I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast today. Thank you.
1: Laurel, I've really enjoyed our conversation today and I look forward to more conversations in person in real life.
0: <laughs> As do I. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next.